Hello and welcome to Timeline Podcast Anywhere. It's great to have you join us for another episode. This is a podcast where we aim to pull back the curtain on all things within the broadcasting industry. Topics and discussions surrounding new technology, gender equality, staff shortages, and today's discussion on inclusion. We're joined by the CEO and founder of the Mama Youth Project, Bob Clark. Bob has been a professional editor for over 20 years, and we first met back in 2010 when we were both working for Sky. Mama Youth has spent the last 10 years training young people from underrepresented backgrounds to succeed in the media industry. So far, over 600 young people have completed training since becoming a registered charity in 2007. On today's episode, Bob discusses growing up in the 60s in a very openly racial London, to his time in the army and how it shaped him, and how he got into the industry himself. It was an eye-opening moment talking to a colleague about how rare it was to see a black man working in the industry that sparked the desire to start Mama Youth. We're also joined by in-house recruiter Lynn Hobbs and Janelle Clark, who works in our Timeline North office as an edit assistant and who is an alumni of Mama Youth. We talk about inclusion versus diversity versus the outdated term of BAME and how Mama Youth still needs support from companies like yourselves in the industry, even after the influx of attention after the Black Lives Matter movement. It was a fascinating and inspiring talk and I really hope you enjoy. Now, on with the show. Hello, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I've got Lynn, who is our in-house recruiter at Timeline TV, the wonderful Bob Clark, the founder and CEO of the Mama Youth Project, and one of the Mama Youth Project's alumni, our very own Janelle Clark, who works as an edit assistant in Timeline North, our post-production facility. Thanks, everybody, for giving up your time to be here today. Thanks for a pleasure. Me. That's great. So um, we're obviously here to talk about the Mama Youth Project, but before we get into that, I just want to know a little bit more about your background, Bob. Obviously, I mean, I remember you from Sky Days. I mean, are you still editing? Is that something you're still doing, Bob? Um, I, I try to, but I, I haven't been able to um, for a while now. I mean, I'm still down as a you know freelance editor. Still um, getting those calls. To, to work <laughs> at Sky. But yeah, it, it's um, because the Mama Youth Project has, has just taken off mm. quite a bit and I'm quite busy um, busy guy running that really um, so I do the directing more now and also exec producing oh wow okay so a lot has happened so yeah I would have left maybe 2014 so even in that stage so much has happened so I just want to rewind a little bit um, I've been reading your biography on the Mama Youth uh, Project website and it gives a little bit of a detailed background to how you got into the industry, but I, I was wondering if you could maybe just tell it in your own words a little bit about where you grew up, how you got into the industry. I know you were you were in the army at one point, weren't you? So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's right, and uh, that plays a big part mm. of, of what's being done to that Mama Youth project. Um, yeah, so I, I come from a generation of first Black British born in the UK for on mass, mm. and 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 um, so growing up in those times where uh, the racism was really, really open. Uh, people told you go back where you come from. Um, and then as you're getting a bit older, the problems that happen with police and, mm-hmm. you know, being beaten up in the back of a police vehicle, you know. There, there was a, a law called SUS. That, there was a proper name for it, but um, it, we knew it all as sus, and it, it yeah. meant that only the police only needed to suspect that you was going to commit a crime to have the authorities to stop you, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of black boys were, were, were stopped. And so going, going through all that, um, the teachers, society telling us we're not going to make anything of our lives, uh, so I had zero aspirations, <laughs> zero. And, and so... Something happened in the area, you know, there was no gangs. The the gangs were Al Capone and, uh, you know, the Cray twins. They were the gangs. But but we just, it was just boys who didn't like each other for whatever reason. (laughs) And and, um, uh, incident happened, the retaliation that we did. And then the, the next thing is the retaliation back to us would mean the only way they could go is uh, uh, life changing harm or, or death. So, so. It was my friend that said to me, we need to come out of the area, you know. And I said, yeah, I know. He yeah. said, what about, let's join the army. 
And I said, okay. <laughs> I mean, we, we knew nothing about the army. Um, and, then, and then we said, which one should we join? Because uh, we knew nothing. And he yeah, said, how no, do we I've, join? Where I've heard, we... like, Marines, is it Commando? I said, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, let's go and be commandos. And so we went to um, the Army Careers Office in Ezra Road um, and said, yeah, we want to be Royal Marine Commandos. And the guy played it well. He just took a time to answer back. He said, this is the Army Careers Office. And we went, yeah. He said, you want the Royal Navy. Oh. <laughs> the enthusiasm was there. So. The, enthusiasm, yeah. the enthusiasm to get out of the area was there. Yeah, to yeah. get to safety. Of course. Um, but of course, this was back in 1978, and so there we are, six months later in Northern Ireland. <laughs> six months wow. and your life's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being shot at. Uh, and I actually said to my mate, you sure this is a good idea? Um, <laughs> but we were 17 at the time, so, you know, 17-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but the army actually done me um, good. The, mm. the, the discipline I got from it, yeah. the, the achievements. Your, your, and this relates to Mama Youth Project as well, mm. in, in, in a way, because... You achieve every day. You do things every day that you didn't think that you would be able to do. Mm. You're coming out of your comfort zone every day. And and so um, by the time I left, I was I was a different person. Um, but when I left the, the, the army and in the territorial army to get into civilian life, um, the only job I went for was um, where else? What else? What else can I do? I, I got no qualifications. I, I joined the infantry. You see, that mm. was a thing. Yeah. You can't use your infantry skills in the street. Yeah, no transferable. No transferable skills, skills there. I should have joined the engineers. Or there you go. <laughs> well, but, we have a lot in timeline ex-military. Yeah. Of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I bet you they're, they're brilliant. And so, yeah. So I looked for where else. It was a video duplication warehouse. Um, you remember VHSs and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Tapes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I um, was in the warehouse for three months. The boss sent me down to an area I've never been to before. Uh, I walked into this room uh, with this parcel, and I've never seen a room like it. It was dark, loads of monitors, little flashing lights, these big reel-to-reel machines, and I love Christmas, and it looked like Santa's yeah. Grotto. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's why I'm working in TV because I love Christmas. That, because yeah. the big boss happened to be passing. I said, "Excuse me, can, can I work in here?" I didn't even know what they did. I just <laughs> thought it'd be like Christmas every you day. You sold on the lights. I you were sold, sold on, on Christmas. Yeah, and uh, they gave me a chance, an opportunity. To cut a long story short, I got given the opportunity. I eventually, he, he said, what he said was, "You can work in there in the mornings, back to the warehouse in the afternoon, see how you get you get on," and. When they said I can work in there, if the warehouse manager would let me go, the warehouse manager said no. And the reason oh. being is because I, I work hard at whatever I do, and he didn't want to lose a good worker. And um, bit selfish of him. <laughs> well, it took him a, a while, but this this part that I'm about to tell you now is actually the essence of Mama Youth Project to this day. Because when he said it was four o'clock on a Friday, okay, we're going. You can go and work in in the ops department. Um, Oh, that's what it was. It was the o- operations, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and um, uh, that's four o'clock. Five o'clock was home time. I normally got the bus on. I come out of the building. And I just ran. I ran past my bus stop. I ran towards home. And I, I honestly, while I was running, I could. I was visualizing all the negative things that have ever happened to me. I was hearing all the negative things that were ever said to me. Um, while I was running and it's only later in life you realise that I was washing it away mm. but I knew I was running into a new life mm. and 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 uh, that that's uh, relevant today because honestly every time one of our uh, trainees get a, a job I relive that moment yeah and and the staff at Mama Youth Project experienced that moment as well and so yeah that's the essence really and then from Working in that ops department, obviously, somehow along the lines, you then became an editor Mm -hmm. and uh, you started working as a freelancer, various places. And so then at what point did the the spark or the idea for Mama Youth come about? What what was the initial thing that you thought, I could do something here. There's a need for this. I I can do it. Because there's a lot of people that see issues or, or see gaps 
but they don't act on it. They just think, oh, what can I do? I'm just one man or I'm one woman. I, you know, what, what was it in you and, and what was the initial sort of ignition to go, I'm going to do it and I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to start it? Well, that was um, as a freelance editor now working in different places and I was at a, working at a company um, and a white colleague just in a conversation said there's not enough black people working in the industry. Now, at that time, I've been working in the industry for 20 years mm. and, and um, I've kind of heard that before, but the way he said it threw me back to 20 years, 20 years. to in that ops department when somebody said... There's not enough black people working in this industry. Like, so we haven't moved 20 on in 20 years. years. Yeah. So I went home so down mm. and then I got angry at myself thinking, well, I should have been saying it to him. What have I done um, in this scenario? Uh, but then my, my um, defence for myself was it's hard enough as a black person already and working in this industry. I didn't see any other black editors. And... and, and also, being an experienced editor, that's won awards for my work. And then I'm working with somebody new and I see the momentary look in their eyes of, oh, you're my editor. <laughs> and, and then I feel their anxiety as they're sitting next to me when I do my first few cuts. And I'm like, OK, so I've got to prove myself again. Yeah. And, and so, you know, under, understanding all that. So that... that being said to me, I went home, I'm down, I'm thinking, you know what, I've got to throw my own little pebble into the water. And, and, but this is in 2005. Yeah. And so, but I immediately included white working class who are also underrepresented. So I've got to tell you, it was quite funny, the audiences that I used to stand in front of and um, say, yeah, we help black, and they're all nodding. Uh, ethnic minorities, yeah, and they're all nodding. And then white working class. And I see people saying, what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> is that because of this? I know the industry is really hung up on this. And I think it's a really outdated term, BAME. Oh, and obviously okay. white working class doesn't come under BAME. I mean, what is, I mean, I know you've, you've spoken before, Bob. I've, I've listened to you on panels and on another podcast. And it's something that you don't really use at Mama Youth either, except for in terminology for, to perhaps for funding, for funding, because they, that's the language that's they, they understand. But exactly. we, we, we managed. Um, I mean, uh, departments in Sky stopped using uh, Bain mm. um, uh, a, a few years ago um, uh, because we explained then, and we tried with our partners to. to this is one of the benefits of partnering with, with Mama Youth Project is having these kind of conversations, yeah. mm. and uh, you know, I just explained that that black people. And East Asian people have been hidden under that banner for that label for years. And um, the companies will say, oh, well, BAME, our BAME statistics are very good. And you can walk into the, to the company and see it's all South Asians. So, you know, it's, it's so, yeah, that's going that's now, gone. isn't it? That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, going. Yeah. BAME is going, going great. So, but we don't... As it, as it stands today, the, the way we put it today is that we just don't do segregation. Um, we, we support young people who have had challenges in their life. Yeah. Um, and that's the mindset that we don't have. There's, there's so many people, a challenge in their life is nowhere near the kind of challenges that, that people that come to us have, that I had in my yeah. um, background. And, and so I thought... How should I do it? And so I, 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 I did base it on my experience. I fell into the industry. I wasn't edu I stopped education at an early age. So I'm not educated. I fell into the industry doing the job that educated people do, um, then doing well and, and exceeding them. Um, and so, and then there'd be like times when, you know, people, you'll be working on a job and people be having their head in their hands. Oh my God. What are we gonna do? You know, oh, this is a terrible. And then I might look and go, well, what if we did that? And they're looking at me like I'm a genius. And it's, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not that I'm a genius. I look around the room. I'm the only person from my background You've like got a me. Different, you bring a different perspective. Different perspective. Yeah. And that's mm. why it's good um, uh, to have that perspective around your table. So Absolutely. when I I thought doing it, I thought, let me train people so they understand the bigger picture. Because also, I will be working with 
people in my edit suite who've been in the industry for four or five years who still do not understand the process of what goes into making a TV show. But there they are working. Mm. And, and so I thought, if I can get young people to understand the bigger picture um, at the interview table and as an employer myself, where well, I might employ my financial director's son or daughter, now I've got this mum and youth project person um, sitting there, I, I immediately realised, oh, this person can hit the ground running and be an immediate asset. Now it's a business decision. We don't have to think about the niceties. Oh, it's a nice thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, no, this, this is business. Yeah. Right. Better for my business. And so having that as well um, has, has worked really well because that's what we talk about. We talk about talent. We're not talking about the colour of the person, the background of the person. We're talking about talent first. Absolutely. I guess this is a good point to start bringing in... Um, a bit more explanation or understanding about what the Mama Youth Project does. I wanted the, 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 the right kind of people I wanted to, to help, young people um, uh, who have had challenges in their life. And, and um, you know, my heritage is, is the, the dad um, Jamaican, the mum Cuban. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so there's a lot of Jamaican influence in youth culture, and it's been like that for years. Yeah. You know, even to this day, I'm hearing Jamaican sayings and things, even from the young youths of today. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I, I got a bit, you know, I was walking in 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 uh, from all different cultures. Yeah, and and and. Uh, and and that's a, a great thing. Also, I realised back back in two thousand five when I started that I thought it was great because the 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 youth have found their own identity. In my time, it was American. You know, we're looking at their Americans. Very, yeah. We're using American words. I, we're talking American to impress a girl. It never worked for me. I'd be <laughs> like, "Yeah, my name's Bob. I'm from New York." And it's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> it happened to me all the time. And and so, uh, but. Seeing the the, the, uh, the youth with their own identity where they say road instead of the streets and, and all that, I thought, this is great. And so to, to, to make a show highlighting them and what they like and which the country likes, really, because people take from this culture the bits they want to take. Um, but anyway, so I've got to keep it short. So <laughs> I, I, um, in 2005... I said, let's uh, get 16 people together, get the right people. I advertised on Mandy.com, I think it was, and said, uh, uh, yeah, a production company called Urban Tings. Is that now, what it was called then? No, it wasn't called at all, but <laughs> I, 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 I thought the right people would look at that and you say, I think that's for it. me. Yeah. I hooked them. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, I hooked them in. And, and the right people came, but from all cultures, colours, uh, young people came. So we did the, the thing, 16, with the 16 young people who've been trying to get on with their life. Yeah. Um, after they finished that, that um, first one, 14 of them got jobs. And that's when I thought I was onto something. This formula works. It's working. That's yeah. what I thought. And then I thought that, okay, this is great. There's something in this. Now, let me, let, uh, I'll try and get funding. Because I funded it, you see. At, at I was going to say that. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're not a registered charity. You're doing this off, <laughs> off your own, you know, out of your own through, money. Through my production company, Mama Productions, but it was my money. Yeah. And, and uh, I thought, yeah, uh, it's working. And then I saw over the years, I was the main funder from 2005 to 2013. Wow. That's um, a... And uh, as a freelance editor... Uh, where I worked on all different kinds of genres. Um, Sky I, was the only place I did sports. And so I said to the head of Sky at the time, look, um, in editing, the head of editing at the time, can you give me the night stuff, like the the, the sports from America? Yeah, I but, even remember you, were, you, yeah, you, you remember were doing that? these like 12-hour shifts <laughs> or right. and then working in the day. <laughs> that's and right, then, that's so right. You must be knackered, <laughs> what are you doing? I, you know what, I, I had to do it. Because um, I had to, I was paying for the charity, paying for my mortgage, yeah. um, paying for the family. I got my the yeah, two, two, y- two two young yeah, sons. That's that's, that's that's right. And even to this day, you know, if you as an individual want to go into the desert and into the wilderness, fine. But to take your family with you—that's a big that, ask, that isn't was, it? That was hard because mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it was um, 
350,000 um, of my own. I thought somebody would come in to help, and, and, and I just wasn't getting help. Yet the industry was taking the young ones I was training. So they knew that it was working, they were grateful for that, but yet didn't want to put anything into it. So no. how did you break that, knock that wall down? What was the Ooh, that were, turning point to well, that? Well, that was hard. I mean, there were several times when I thought, how, what can I do? How am I going to get, how am I going to continue it on? Um, you know, the last thing was to sell my body and we wouldn't get much for that. So <laughs> it's just like, okay, I don't know what we're going to do. But I had a meeting with Sophie Turner Lang. Um, you yep. remember Sophie? Mm -hmm, yes. And uh, we never met before. Went and had a meeting with her. Um, Sky was the chair of the CDN at the time. And she just got it. She just got it instantly. I think she also liked the fact that I didn't do segregation. Mm. I talked about the white working class as well. And, and um, she brought Sky in. And Sky was the first um, to put the money where their mouth was. Yeah. Um, and then Sophie helped me get the BBC on board. Now, we, we try to do this training two times a year. So Sky done one, so great. So I'm now half funding that with me, um, personally. But then when the BBC come on board, I was with two colleagues, and they knew what they, that meant for me personally. Because that meant for me personally, I don't have to work these hours anymore. Because yeah. I was surviving on four hours sleep. Yeah. roughly from all those years so we come out of the bbc and they were jumping up and down oh bob this is great great news but i had to go leave them because i had a night shift at sky <laughs> <laughs> and i got to sky i had a cricket shift and, and um i my feelings were i wrote to everybody in, involved in mama youth i said i feel like i've been on a on a, a marathon a long 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 marathon with more uphills than downhills and I've won the race. I've won the race. Now I just feel like I need to collapse. Yeah. <laughs> i got really, time to collapse. At that point, <laughs> I was it, exhausted. it's kind of like you feel you've won the race, but then there's still so much more work to do. Oh, I, I just needed You're to. You're like, that's the rest. It, it was <laughs> yeah. the first time in, in those Pressure. years that I, I could ease off and mm. you know like when you see the runners and they they get to the finish line they won the race and then they just fall down yeah yeah that was that, that was me that's how i felt yeah and so i just said at the end of that that um email to everyone won the race i'm gonna take a, a week off and then we're gonna start the next race which life is yeah a series <laughs> of races yeah never ending <laughs> Uh, Janelle, I want to come over to you now. Sorry for, <laughs> sorry for keeping cool. you hanging there over in uh, Manchester. So, obviously, you've been through the whole process. Yeah. Um, could you take us back to when you first heard about Mama Youth, how you applied, what the sort of, like, application process was like, and then what the, uh, the training was like? Okay, cool. I might need you to remind me a few of those. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. No um, worries. So, uh, what was I doing... Before, so I found out about Mum and Youth. Uh, funny enough, I was actually sent um, a post about this years back. So I think I might have been like eighteen, but I hadn't. Um, I think at that, that time in my life, I hadn't really. Fo I wasn't really focused at the time, um, and then this this hunger to to get into the TV industry kind of built up over time, and the post came back around, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I had like several people because I, I wasn't working. I was stuck because I had told everyone what I want to do. And you get those looks of, OK, well, you know, like like Bob said, not all of us get that opportunity, especially yeah. being black and all of that. So um, it would, a lot of people would be like, OK, so what's your plan B? And I'm like, no, I don't have a plan B. This is it. <laughs> like, this is in what, my heart. Like, and, and why should you have a plan B? Why should I? Right. Yeah. So I'm like. Um, it was me, my parents. Now they, they, my siblings. I told them, and they were like, "Cool, how are we gonna do this?" And they all sent me the post, and they don't, they didn't know anything about it in terms of each other. So they all sent it to me individually, and I was oh, like, "Oh wow, what? okay, um, this is a sign, <laughs> as, oh, a real sign." And I remember it was the twenty second because my mom's birthday the next day, and I, because uh, I had helped my sister move, which is ironic because she moved up the road from Sky. And I didn't know I didn't know the postcode at the time, and um, after I moved her, helped move her in. The next day, I uh, applied to Mummy Youth, and 
I remember all these questions and you do you I found myself kind of like oh, am I qualified for this because I I didn't go to uni um I I went to college but I I didn't I did media which is also where the the love of it came from but I I was like working full time and then I wasn't working it was like mm-hmm. I, I felt like can I do this um and I remember being outside because that that was the day that the wi-fi decided to cut out so I had to run outside I bought a oh, stool no. like I really wanted it and I was on outside typing like so hard and I hit sent and it had to be gone for the next day. Um, and when I got the phone call, I nearly like, I didn't even know what to do with myself. They're like, yeah, so um, we're going to call you for an interview. And I nearly lost my mind. Oh, but so that's like, again, that's like the first, you're on, that's it, you've done the first step. The you've first got the interview. step, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, when I sent it, it was kind of like, because I want it so bad, I was also a bit like, you know what? I, I, I typed all I had to type. I said all I had mm. to say. Hopefully they just see that. And they did. And that was so nice to be seen. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not... Yeah. Sometimes it's people just look at your CV, which is something that I've had in other jobs where people see your CV and kind of just disregard it's not it's yeah. not living up to a certain standard. And so I, I should have known this was different, but because of what I've gone through, I was kind of... Yeah, your like, confidence was, yeah. you know, knocked. I just want... Um, Bob, just to uh, jump in there. So... Do you do so you do rounds of applications, do you? Is that how it works? And then how many people do you take on in each sort of like cohort or each each group? Yeah, on each production, um it's twenty four. Yeah. Um and because of the reputation and people have done their research, looked and seen how it's changed people's lives, that it's it, there's tangible outcomes. Um so we get about uh, four hundred um uh, applications for those twenty four places. Four hundred. Wow. And and then we will um, interview just over, we would interview just over a hundred, and and um, uh, and that's a single um, first interview, and we so do well done, Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> right, thank you. Mm. Absolutely, and and you, you know we do the competency based interview, yeah, and we do all the all oh, right and oh yeah they they said the right thing there, and then we just put it over there and throw it over there, and then we talk to them, mm. and and. Um, it, it, Janelle would probably say that it's 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 we we show a real interest in them yeah. and their life, um, and so once you get past that, then there's a second stage interview. Now I don't get involved in all these interviews apart from the second stage for the technical ones and the production management. Mm. And I'm going to let Janelle tell you <laughs> yeah. what, what the second stage interview was like. All right then. So throw oh, it back man. to you, Janelle. So you've done the first interview. You've been whittled down to this like group of 100 people. Yeah. You've uh, oh no, sorry, the 100 is the people that get the interview, mm. and now you're into the second stage. So now you must be thinking, right, okay. Um, I'm in. I'm in here. Like, what does what does it entail? The second stage. Oh my god! I, like the the second stage interview. You don't. I you actually don't know what you're walking into. You you, you might think you do, but you, you don't. Like, so I they don't in, give you any indication. No, you don't, like, it's literally no, right. Let's just... You you walked in, and you're amongst other other people as well. Um, and you know we're, we're all kind of not sure how to kind of be in, a, in the moment I think we're all kind of nervous and so we're trying to say hi and introduce ourselves when we walk in and we see Bob and it's like oh that's that's Bob that's Bob but he gave <gasps> BAFTA winning yeah, Bob yeah we're like oh my gosh it's him it's the guy it's like he's, the, yeah. he's it and he gave away like his face was straight gave nothing and I was like oh my god um, and the, um, we, there was like coffee on the table papers around and coffee stains and we kind of just walked in and sat down and I think what I, I think what he said the first thing was like, okay, well, what do you see? You see the coffee stain. Let's get cleaning. And I think all of us were in our suits or in our <laughs> in our um, good, well dressed. This is the uh, this is the military here. This, this is what, this is where the yeah. right. This is why his stories <coughs> they play a part. He, yeah, like he gave nothing. It wasn't it wasn't the normal handshake thing. It was like, no, you see work to be done. Okay, cool. Let's, let's get it done. And let's I was get, in my, yeah, roll up your sleeves. Yeah. I was in my good jeans. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> and then we not all, expected, not expected. And then we, we just, we just worked together. It was, we just were like, okay, so who can do this? You can do that. And we, we got it done. And then there was stages through that. And it was just militant. It was very like, let's answer this. And, um, we had to learn to work together as well. We had to learn to communicate. And then Brilliant. just when you think it's over, it's not. <laughs> then you go to, we all had to quickly learn how to um, work AVID. 
I had never seen Avid before. So for me, I was like, this is where this is where it stops for me. And lo and behold, I think I had the quickest time. And the, the thing is, Bob <laughs> didn't tell me. He didn't tell me until I came out. And I, knew, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, what? <laughs> and I, he doesn't even know, but I went home crying that day. I was so happy because, like, I don't know. Like, he, he also brought us in before that to ask us why we want it. And mm. we all just sat, we, we all had to, like, say it. And I, I remember telling him, like, if it's not this way, it's another way, but I want it this way. Mm. I want it yeah. this way. And I, and he he saw the passion. I know he saw it because he's always kind of, he's encouraged us from that point all the way on yeah. along with everyone else. And it was just like tears of relief, honestly. But yeah, it was a really that's good experience. A, that's it was amazing. Challenging, but it was good, man. So you I did like this... that challenge. <laughs> can, can I, I might learn a thing I think we might that. do that here. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, one, one um, cohort, well, not Janelle's, um, that came in and I, and I said to him, because I just don't expect it, I said, right, you've got to clean this place up. Um, and um, one person said to me, who got onto it, said... I rang my mum that day when you said we got to clean up. I rang my mum. I said, Mum, because it's a second stage job interview. I said, Mum, they've got me cleaning up. And his mum went, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Might bring some of that home. <laughs> so you do the second stage interview, yeah. and then what happens? After that, you're in, or is there something so, else? Uh, you get a phone call. Um, if I remember correctly, it was... Uh, this so is like X Factor. I know, right? <laughs> like, full-blown. And, yeah, so after we've spoken and uh, he said he would get in contact with us and I got a call, I think, the next day. I remember it, I was so tired and as soon as I felt my phone ring, I was awake. I was like, yeah, this is it. I was nervous. Nervous, yeah. And then yeah. Bob gets on the phone and he's like, you know, literally, I don't even know what to... Like, you've heard everything, you're in, this is it. And I was like, oh, cool, thank you so much. Hung up. Playing it cool. You played it so cool. When I came off the phone, I lost my mind. Like, I was on the phone to everyone. I was like, guys, because the the work and the effort from the application till then, and then you realise that the work starts. (laughs) Mm, Because now it's time. It's like, okay, you've, you've got this far, let's really go all the way kind of thing. Um, and it's worth it, man. It really is. But I guess you have to go through all these like stages, Bob, to sort of like work out who is serious, who's here to put the work in. Because yeah. if you can't put the work in even for the application, how are you going to cope when you get onto the it's, training? It's the criteria. It's it's are you committed to yourself? You mm. know, people say, Bob, you're really nice. You're such a nice man. You're helping young people. You're such a nice man. I keep telling people I'm really not that nice. <laughs> uh, uh, you I, are that nice, but I reckon... People don't believe me. I'm really not that nice. I, <laughs> I, I only help those who are prepared to help, help themselves. themselves. Yeah. And this is where I come in... When I came into this world, uh, you know, we're charity, but we're not charity people. We're all professional uh, um, media people. And... But I didn't actually realise how many wonderful people there are in charity, real wonderful people doing wonderful things. But also what I saw in, in that where, where they, they do something that I haven't got the patience to do is get a young person to a point where they're ready mm. to change their life. They're ready to put the work in. And for a lot of um, uh, charities and great people that get a young person at stage, they come out, I'm ready, and find door shut, door shut, door shut, door mm. shut. Mm. So we work with a lot of charities who refer to us because um, all they've got to do is survive our boot camp <laughs> and the door opens at the end. Yeah. And, and yes, it's tough. Uh, uh, Janelle might have a comment on this, but it, 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 it's tough. But I hope everybody realises it's tough love, mm. that yeah. we actually care uh, uh, what happens to them and plus also yes it's a tart tunnel because it's so hard but they see the light at the end of the tunnel and so there's something tangible for them to achieve and so I think with both of those um, the, the, these these ones that we have just you know like Janelle just put the work in they want to change their life and they know it's life changing we give them support uh, on officially six months support after they finish with us but it's for life yeah uh, it doesn't matter where Janelle is she's family they're all family we've got over 600 of the them alumni yeah. yeah 600 wow so this is um the work that you do the program that you put out on sky mm-hmm. right so this is 
prop this is real like you know yeah. they get a wage they you know this is mm -hmm. you're you're the director um could you talk a little bit about that or, or janelle do you want to were you obviously involved in that well, well i'm i'm as that producer i'm the main director as well yeah and and uh it's four weeks intensive training, so they all apply for a role. Uh, Janelle applied for editor role. Now, whatever role they've applied for, researcher, camera, production management, none of them know what's involved. Even mm. the ones that done media or whatever, they don't know what's involved in the job. Why would they? Yeah. And, and, and um, so they get intensive training in that four weeks on um, their job role and what they've got to do. The editors get a bit longer because by the time researchers get content ideas, creative ideas. Yeah, this is get a bit more. So I got two weeks about to continue to learn. And and for the editing, um, the, the young people can push buttons. So it's it's teaching them the, the basics of the dance steps. Yeah. And then they can build up once they know the basics of the dance steps. And so they have the mindset, we get into them the mindset of how they can support um, do you remember what you call the, the your fellow trainees, um, Janelle? Uh, uh, you had to refer to them as as a group of people. No, I don't remember. Good, remind me. Clients. Right. Clients had right. to. They, so they another trainee that's training with them. They had to refer to as clients. Oh, right. I remember. Um, I thought you meant like the other editors, but yeah, I remember. What you no, about. yeah, the clients and 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 the, and the camera and sound had to do that as well. So for that old mindset, getting that relationship going, um, and so um, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to say uh, any more about uh, that, Janelle. Yeah, so Janelle, like, what was that experience like? Because that's like high pressure. It, that's this is we've got to do this, otherwise there's exactly no program. It. That is exactly it. It was. The foot. Um, you go in and we're all sat behind this uh, the computers and we're just looking at it like okay and some of us have probably dabbled just a little bit but maybe not an avid and I just had never touched anything like that and mm. then um, and you just you're aware that a show has got to come out of this at the end of the day <laughs> and it's got to come from all of us so you put in the work and it is intense you you take a lot of notes you're doing long hours and but the, the the thing is though is as as intense as it is we have everyone puts in so the trainers like they they train us well and they answer all the questions but we also helped each other a lot we met up yeah. a lot and and anything that we needed answers with or anything that was mommy probably like a stronger suit for someone else we tried to help each other but it was intense like mm. it really was but it was it was is really it, fun at the same time as challenging it's using the I am biased, but the British Army are the best trainers in the world. Um, the techniques that I use, um, I use a lot of the techniques in the training at Mama Youth Project. Um, you know, it's not just physical, it's, it's mental. Mm. You know, the, some of the challenges also that the young people that come up, come to us, you know, mental health is a big one, uh, uh, self-harmers, uh, young carers, um, ex-offenders, people who have been through sexual assault, and all kinds of things. So the the the, the challenges are there. So um, it's it's getting it's working with them to make sure that they're mentally fit to come into this industry as as, as well. And uh, where Janelle says like she didn't know and some knew a bit, and and that's what we get people with different levels. But in true army fashion. We break them all down to zero <laughs> and build them all up again. Yeah, they did say if, if anything that you know before, don't even worry about it. Literally, they said that just you're, you're back at zero. So even if you did dabble in this and that, it doesn't, it's like even playing field for everyone. But that's good. That's a bit of a relief as well, because if there is someone that thinks they know, you know, they, yeah. they know their stuff and you don't, then you're like, OK, good. Like, yeah. um, I've got, I've got no fair... room for ego in a way, basically. No room for ego. Yeah. So why did you... So did you have the option to choose which um, specialty you went into? So obviously you chose editing. Yeah, I chose editing. Is that just that just the, always been like your passion or is that yeah, something Yeah, it you... was, I watch a lot of TV and film and it was just pulling, like I said, it was something I was really interested in. And so when I came across it and they gave, obviously you have other um, options there, but I, I was straight up editor. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I loved the, the putting together the story, the whole thing. Mm. Um, and it was fun. And, and also, um, even though uh, we all got to know each other, like myself or the, the editors to the researchers, kind of working with them from a client 
uh, to editor perspective, it was really helpful as well because mm. it teaches you uh, or taught me anyways how to kind of listen and really pay attention to what it is that they want. Um, it's not all about necessarily what I can do, if that makes sense. I still have to mm. learn to work with people, um, which is really good because it helps me even now. Like I'm, I haven't really done much editing, uh, but I still work with clients. And so that's yeah. helpful even in that. So. Yeah, all good skills. Yeah, good skills. transferable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we love that word. <laughs> uh, so, Lynn, you are, I mean, you've been very quiet for Lynn, to be honest. For a change. <laughs> um, let's talk about um, Timeline and Mama Youth and how we um, partnered. So, I know that you met Bob. Uh, I met at Bob in 2019 at an SVG um I think we had a forum and you were a part of the panel and I, we ended up sitting next to each other in the audience, if I remember rightly, and got talking to you. <laughs> it took us a little bit longer than we might have hoped or imagined um, to actually get the partnership together. But talking to you just ignited me a little bit like Janelle, um, but from a different, obviously from a different perspective. Um, we know that the industry has very few people coming through. We know this. We also know that the um, diversity side, we know, sorry, middle-class white men, but it's full of middle-class white men and we need to change. We absolutely, no offence again to them, but we do need to change it. And the conversation we had, I remember, I was just thinking, oh, yes. <laughs> I just, I, oh, yes, please. Because um, it's been a passion of mine for a long, long time. And you don't necessarily, as you say, have the university degree because um, a lot of people going into this industry, to be honest, because a lot of their family and, and that's how it was turning out. So to speak to you and understand what you did and obviously listening to you on the panel, um, as I say, ignited something in me and in Timeline. It wasn't just me. Charlotte was there at the time as well, I believe. And um, Charlotte is our producer sitting in the corner. For those that can't sorry see. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. can't see that. <laughs> um, but it, it's just something that we've been passionate about. And now we're partnering. We want to do more. Um, Janelle, you're our first. <laughs> um, and what a way. I, I remember talking to you at the very beginning um, about it all. And um, we did interview, we only interviewed Mummy Youth applicants for that role. Um, and Janelle was the lucky candidate um, Gee, that we offered. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, it's also. Fighting off that competition again, Janelle. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And Janelle will probably go into this as well. Janelle is a London lady and she is now working in Manchester. Not only did she take the job, she's changed her complete life. This is showing how much passion she has. Um, for the industry to take a chance to go up to Manchester mm. after living with your family in London so impressive so impressive and we want more I'll be honest we want more in fact I have a job that I'm talking to your um, recruitment team about at the moment um, it is in London sorry Janelle <laughs> I know you're loving Manchester I know you're loving it um, so yes um, that's as I say that's when we met and just for us we want to do more, as I say. We're, this is a part of it, um, and talking to people um, about it. So yes, that, that's where we've met and where we're coming. And we from. have a success in Janelle. So we have more than a success. Yeah, in Janelle. we do. Thanks. <laughs> we um, no, all well deserved. I feel like this is just the beginning. So obviously, um, like you say, there's other roles that we're going to be speaking to Mama Youth yes. about. Um, but but what? What more can we do? I know you touched on funding. That's yep. obviously a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, we want to be involved." We'll, um, yeah, we'll, you know, um, we'll, we'll take from you, but like we might not necessarily give anything back. Like, what, what is the? If you could speak to any CEOs or people that hold the purse strings now that could be listening, I mean, hopefully someone is, <laughs> you know, so, just one person perhaps. Like, what is it that you you need from from these companies? Well. Um... You know, thank you for, for that. What you said about us, and and um, it, it it's it's hard, you know, because mm. I, 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 I'm probably going to say thing, something I'm, I've not really spoke about now, <laughs> in the sense of um, it, it, it's hard because although 
I've been given help and the industry is, um, you know, starting to, to help with the old situation and whatnot. Um, the, and we get actually companies saying they partner with us when they don't. And that's, okay, that's a bit surreal to be because it's kind of nice. Oh, you want to be associated to something that I formed. Oh, that's nice. But it's wrong because others are actually are partnering with us, are supporting us financially, are helping uh, support the industry by employing our uh, so, uh, young ones. So they, they say they partner with you what, on the basis of what they've been in touch with you and they've said, oh, we want to do more. And then they, you don't hear from them again? They, or they, what? They, they may have, um, you know, through where, because the mum and you, Project alumni go out getting jobs and they might right. have employed somebody who's one of our alumni. Right, but okay. then say, oh, yeah, we work with Mama Youth Project. Mm, um, you know, really. <laughs> talking to commissioners and saying, yeah, we, we partner with Mama Youth Project. Um, mm. Give us that commission, you know, because we care about inclusion. Um, and uh, I, I think that there's a lot more sincerity um, from, from a lot of companies and, and chiefs. CEOs and whatnot. There's a lot more sincerity, and this and and this is where we try and help, uh, because I as a as a black person all uh, all through the years, there's been sincere people wanting to help black boys yeah. like me, you know, doing really nice things, um, but just either end up patronising hmm. or actually making things worse. A typical example of that is I remember when when they. Good, good-hearted people came to take me and my friends uh, uh, out of our our northwest London area and to somewhere in the countryside, right. and gave us a nice time out, and then brought us back and said, um, "Did you have a nice time? Yeah, uh, and do you feel a bit more confident because you did that thing with the canoe, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, great." And so they're going home having a good night's sleep because of the good deed they've done. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're mm. looking at each other going. Well, what now? Mm. We're still in the same cesspit that they come and got us from. And in fact, feeling even worse because you've done showing us a life that society mm -hmm. teaches everybody saying we're never going to have. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually feeling a bit worse. A bit worse after yeah. that, yeah. So, so having those kind of experiences, um, and I'm sure different groups will say they're different things like disability and all over. Um, we can help that sincerity. We can help that sincerity and turn it, help the partners turn it into authentic, tangible outcomes. We need to see a change. We are fortunate that we're in an industry that can has influence on others. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I went home quite down uh, uh, after, as down as I was when I started Mama Youth Project because I heard yet another alumni story. I... I the term tic-tac, I haven't heard that for years. Tic-tac. It, it wasn't one of the most popular um, things for describing a black person, mm. but it'd be tic-tac black. Mm. And, and, and uh, an alumni, only uh, just before COVID, was telling us how in their company, somebody said, oh, yeah, just get the tic-tac box out of the bottom drawer. And uh, they went, it was a black alumni, and, and they said, tic-tac box? Yeah, it's where we keep the black CVs. <gasps> and, 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 and I'm like, ooh, I said... Oh. So I went home <laughs> as down as I was on Slack Mum Youth Project. And my immediate thought was, look, I, I know I'm not old, but I thought, am I going to go to my grave hearing the same, same things, things from when I was yeah. born into this world? How sad would that be? It panicked me. <laughs> I went into panic mode. I, I went into a dark space and I had to look for a light. And my light was, wait a minute, I work in media. Why don't I use... Cause we, in our representation in our industry, don't tend to get it right most of the time. And, 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 and the, the blonde-haired girl from Essex will tell you her story of how we've represented her and, and the pain it's caused. Um, for me, as a black guy, uh, especially years ago, going somewhere where they, they've never even met a black guy before, but you're holding your hair bag tight. As I'm passing you, you're, oh, I hear the car door locking as a security reminder. And if you've never met anybody like me before, who told you to be like that? Mm. The media. media. So, so if, if we get it right in media, society is going to benefit. Mm -hmm. and, and so, but we can't do it by ourselves. That's why we need timeline. That's why we need all our partners to actually be on that journey 
uh, uh, with us to make that change. And uh, we're quite positive because I know a lot of times I'm moaning about things, but actually, let me tell you the positives. Um, from our unique position, where we get to, to the great partners that we have, um, and I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of chiefs and in, in partner companies, uh, we have to do business ourselves uh, uh, for production. And also, we work with over 100 grassroots charities. Now, we see from that, our unique position, um, the top one in reach point A, and also grassroots one in reach the same point, point A. But from our position, we see the top walking that way and the, the, the grassroots walking the other way. The moment we get them walking the same direction, we believe change will happen so fast, it'd yeah. be amazing. Well, let's look forward to that day. And, you know, obviously all the hard work that you're putting in, everybody that you work with at Mama Youth, all these other oh, grassroots charities that you work with and your partners obviously are trying to achieve some form of that. I would just like to touch on something. I can't remember if I read this or I heard you say something on a panel once um, that Mama Youth Project ditched the word diversity. Oh, that's right. And instead of using the word diversity, you prefer the word yeah, inclusion. That's right. So if you, if you wouldn't mind just explaining like the, the, the reasons behind why it was important for you to stop using diversity and using the words inclusion. I mean, I, I, I know, I think I know, because I've obviously yeah. heard your answer before, yeah. but I, I found yeah. it really interesting. Well, it, it reminds me of when I was, um, when, when the word urban came in, mm. you know, there I was going into music stores, um, going to the reggae section, oh, I'll go to the R&B section, oh, I'll go to uh, the jazz section. And I went in one day, I said, where's the reggae section? Where's the, yeah, over there. Urban. Umbrellaed <laughs> under the whole... Yeah. Urban. Actually, yeah. And, and so then uh, when people talk about urban, they start talking about black people, black uh, things. By the way, Janelle, a CD is <laughs> something that we used to play music on. <laughs> Just in case, you know, yeah, in the future, or anyone good, else listening. You know, like, At least vinyl's <laughs> coming back, so you know vinyl. <laughs> and then this word diversity... Um, and then we, we, we started to realise, hold on, diversity. So when people say, talk about diversity, uh, they talk about black people again. Mm. And, and then that was enforced, reinforced when Mum and Youth Project are getting calls. Yes, I'm looking for a diverse person. A diverse person? A diverse person. Oh, you mean a black person, you mean, don't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, you mean mm. a black person. And, and so it was a, a, another word to replace the word black. You know, the, I don't know what it is with the, with the word black. It... it, it it seems like society has to find other words to replace the word black. You know, a, PR, yeah. a black woman who is in PR told me one time, because when I started, it was a DVD, I called it um, a black youth culture and lifestyle show. Not meaning that it's just for black people, but it's black youth. Uh, and uh, she said, mm, if you want people to sponsor this, you've got to get rid of the word black. Let's call it an urban youth culture oh, lifestyle go. show. Oh, wow. and, 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 and that's a black woman PR person mm. telling me. And so it's something about like the word black. So diversity. Um, yeah. <laughs> when we ditched it on our 10th anniversary, I was talking to a group of execs in, the, in TV. And um, I said, I've seen the bar of schemes, Forums, initiatives grow so high, yet the bar of impact hardly moving. Mm. So I said that at Mama Youth Project, forget this bar. We're just interested in the impact bar. And, and I think you've been tackling trying to fix the wrong thing, diversity. Mm. You can get somebody in a wheelchair and tick your box and say, look, we've got somebody in a wheelchair. But there's, there's tens and hundreds of people in weird wheelchair different to that person. There's diversity within diversity within diversity. It's like the universe. It, go, yeah. it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So why, how, can you, how can you fix that? How can you even try and fix that? Because if you say, oh, yeah, we've got the black people. Oh, what, African? Uh, Caribbean? Caribbean? Um, mm. Oh, African. What part of Africa? Oh, really? What tribe? You know, you, mm. you can go on and on and on. So forget diversity. Let's talk about inclusion because inclusion is everybody. Yeah. That's everybody. And then start thinking about who are you inviting to the table? 
because as I said, I'm not I'm not educated. But sometimes I look at things and go, wow, maybe it's a good thing I haven't been educated because mm. why aren't it's so easy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's so easy, and so um, yeah, so diversity. So then then um, the BAME. Then we get a, a BAME person, please. A BAME person? Oh, you mean a black person again? And as far as you know, losing labels and stuff like that. I asked uh, many inclusion officers in different companies. Inclusion officers? Uh, inclusion um, people, you know, in companies. They oh, were so having, they're hired in, to... In, to, to... To do inclusion. Right, to, okay. you know, that. I asked one year, whoever I spoke to, as, as many as I could speak to, who are the ethnic minorities in BAME? Not one could give me a definitive answer. They guessed... <laughs> Mm. But not one person. So it was a label that came up, and and it, people just use it, and they use it for black to, for yeah. a black person. Really, not even Asian people. In fact, there was a new one that came out, um, which as as died a death. Uh, it didn't take off. But a new, the new the the other one they went to to come out, and my Asian friends were so over the moon. They were so happy having parties because it was B M E R, black minority ethnics. And refugees. <laughs> and I saw black people going, oh. oh, so they put us with refugees now. <laughs> it's just, well, at least that one didn't take off. I it mean, didn't take off. No. And, and hopefully BAME's on its way out completely. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it was a, at least a few years ago, it was getting thrown around mm. all sorts of meetings and tables and policies and yeah. TV and in the news. And, and now I, I feel like that has sort of get, got pushed out a bit. But um, I love that inclusion not diversity. Uh, who are we in- inviting to be? So we help white middle class. People are, are there are um, people in the industry, um, black people even within the industry who, who, who aren't really, don't really like what I'm doing. Um, oh. uh, because in the sense of, um, not all, there's many black people that like what I'm doing, but there's, there's people that don't like what I'm doing because uh, one phrase I heard is, why is Bob diluting the waters? Because we help white people as well. Mm. Uh, and, um, and, and then I've got uh, some companies I feel don't really want to work with us because we help white people. And, and, and they may get um, a Mummy You project turn up is is, well, then, is white and then you can't take a box. But then that doesn't really make sense in terms of their, especially if they're still using diversity, because diversity is, you know, that includes class, right? It so, includes everybody. Yeah, exactly. So they're actually hypocrites to their own policy. Well, inclusion, it includes everybody. So uh, when I come back to the young people that we have, where we will have, you know, because we help people with challenges, big challenges, by default, a lot are going to be brown skin. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But we don't do segregation. So I don't care who you are. If, if, if you haven't got a contact in TV, uh, um, because Christina, who was our director of operations, and I used to have to say in meetings sometimes, um, used to have to say, do you realise that not every white middle class young person has a contact in TV? Mm. Because the way you're carrying yourselves, it's like they have. And if you've lost a parent at an early age, if you've been sexually assaulted, if you've got mental health, yeah. I don't care who you are and you haven't got a contact in TV, we can help. And anyway, isn't Shuttles. the workplace meant to be inclusive? And our teams that we have, which Janelle will vouch for, is inclusive. And we don't think about any quotas when we're choosing we just, it's our outreach. It's yeah. who we invite to the table that makes uh, it inclusive. There's a lot of disadvantaged um, youngsters, I suppose, is what you're looking at. It's the. the, the, the yeah, and even disadvantaged, to be honest, because I would have been classed as disadvantaged mm. as a kid growing up. Yeah, right. Disadvantaged. I wasn't disadvantaged. Right. I had love from my parents. Good. I. I, I People told me I'm disadvantaged, and yeah, all right. If, if I didn't have this money or this, I couldn't get those trainers or whatever it was. Um, you know, love is a big thing mm. uh, uh, um, to, to of of parents, especially on elder people. And stability, love is a is a big thing. I mean, I I I'm pretty sure you you can take kids out on the street, right? Well, there be kids who 
parents or parent will call them in. You're coming in at, it's like 6 p.m. in the house you go. And the others, you're, I will be there like, oh, look at them going in and laughing and going, oh, look, you're going in. Um, but what, what the chances are, what they will really be thinking is... Is how someone cares. Mm. Yeah, that, it, their, their mum loves them. Yeah. yeah, they've got someone wanting My them to... My mum yeah. don't care where I am. I'm out at midnight, they don't care where I am. But yeah, his mum loves him. And and I think uh, the the love of a parent, and, and I mm. think, you know, this is my opinion, especially mums, if you, if, if you think your own mum don't even care about you, you've got nothing. Mm. Yeah. You've got nothing. I want to um, just end on the story of uh, Janelle and obviously you're getting the job at Timeline. Yeah. Lynn mentioned it briefly about how obviously you are you you're from or lived in South East London yeah. and you've uprooted your entire life to go thing. and work and live in Manchester. Yeah. So uh, the interview comes around uh, for Timeline and you get the job. Um, were you thinking that far ahead? Wow, I'm going to have to move if I get this. Or were you like, let me just take a chance and then deal with it when it happens? What was the thought process? Were you just like, I just want a career, I'll do anything? Like All of the above, honestly. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got I got the phone call. I remember Lynn had called us, um, cause, but we had just we were still in our graduation. Um, yeah. So I had to give her a oh, call yes, back. Oh, yes, of course you were. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had, uh, it was quite short short notice ish so I went home mm-hmm. that night and I did my research and all of that mm-hmm. and came the uh came the next day and I was nervous <laughs> but um did the interview and it was so nice like they mm. were so like I said I haven't had the greatest experience when it comes to jobs um in terms of the interview process like it feels more like an interrogation than a <laughs> do you want a job kind of thing and so when I had this interview I was like this is amazing and to be honest with you I really wanted the job, but I was so blown away at how it went that I remember running in and said to Bob, like, Bob, this was so good. Like, it was such a good <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, honestly. And then when I, when Charlotte called me and was like, yeah, we, we want you to come, my brain, I said, she was like, um, yeah, by the way, you're going to have to relocate. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. And um, hung up gathered myself a little bit and then immediately got hunting and I don't yeah. I don't know how long it was um but I will say it was a short it was turn a very around short turn around for real and it was um but everyone was so like honestly no exaggeration everyone was so helpful Lynn you were amazing like I thought oh, it was you. so nice and um it was really easy the transition all of that and I came up before I moved just to meet the team yeah. Uh, again, great experience. Everyone was so lovely, and they even invited my dad along. And yeah. so he, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Them. Yeah. So I got to come up with him. He got to meet everyone as well, mm-hmm. and it was just so inviting. And it's so. Mm. And I feel like that made it even easier to know that you know what, even though I'm away from home, this is a yeah. nice environment, and that, and mm. and it's been that way since I've been here. Um, I think the most challenging thing is was just finding a place to live. Honestly. Um, and now look at you. Literally, you can look, look at the at office me. from the front room. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. I feel like, yeah, if you just rewound now, you're sitting in Timeline North, in the in the post facility, you rewind back to when all your family and friends were sending you the same uh, application for Mama Youth yeah. at different points, not knowing that they were all sending it to yeah. you. Like how far you've come in that short space of time, it's and all the insane. work that has gone into it, insane. And look, and look now, uh, that's that, it's such a good story, and, and um, you know I really crazy? hope that as well is that my sister asked me like this was before um, any mention of a job or Manchester. My mm. sister had asked me, do you know, like, would you move? You, would you move like to a different part of London? I was like, nah, like I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but she looked at me like, oh, okay. Then like I'm a South Londoner, right? I think like a week later, the conversation came up, and I went straight back to her, and she was like, oh, really? And I was like, <laughs> oh, right, so you're going to Manchester? <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'm going to do it. She was like, yeah, do it. And I was like, yeah, and it just it just went off from there so yeah it's been great can i just add to what uh, janelle's saying look it's very it's very important uh, and you're doing it at timeline you know and then you 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 know this is what is required young people even if they're not relocating need nurturing in our industry mm. 
they, they, they need to be nurtured through the journey, especially in those first few years, and they need to feel welcomed. And, and, and this is the great thing about a lot of our partners and the great thing about yourselves, because you, you, you kind of, I kind of know, you, you kind of know when, when people are sincere, when mm. they really do care, mm. and it is that real caring. Um, and, um, you know, so I want to thank you. I, I, I want to thank, oh, thank you for, for what, what you've done with Janelle and uh, the support you've given um, in joining us and wanting to do more. We will yeah, do, we do. A, a lot more together. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I want to thank you for that because we're, we're going to be holding roundtables with our partners. We're mm -hmm. going to be learning from all from our partners the good practices and, and stuff like that. And, and this is something we can share because we're going to do this as a, a posse, mm -hmm. uh, 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 a collective, that's the other Posse would do. And we're going to do that. And we are going to change our industry. And we're going to stand on the shoreline and look at what we've done and pat ourselves on the back. And that will happen. I feel like that uh, is a great place to end the podcast. I mean... Thank you so much. I've learned so much. It's been really interesting hearing both like your story, Janelle, Bob, Lynn, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Always a pleasure. And um, yeah, I look forward to timeline working with Mummy Youth more in the future and hopefully we'll see you at more events. And Janelle, we're definitely going to get you down to London, uh, see all our let me know. facilities down here. <laughs> Come down and say hello to the fam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Bob, I still want to come and have a look at that BAFTA. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, yeah. Is, is that you wanted to go to its bottom loo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be in our offices soon, so you can come yeah, for lunch we'll have a look, we'll have and, a look. and do that. Thank you, everybody. No, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Wow. Thank you again to Lynn. Janelle and Bob for being exceptional guests on today's episode. Really, wow. Like, I have left feeling inspired. I feel like I learned a lot. And really, the work that Bob and the team do at Mummy Youth has such a positive impact on our industry. I feel like we could all learn and do a lot more. Businesses need to get involved. They can help by donating, volunteering, partnering. There's so many ways. Please, Contact info at mummyyouthproject.org.uk for more information on how you and your business can get involved. That's info at mummyyouthproject.org.uk. Honestly, just listening to Bob for over an hour and Janelle about what Mummy Youth does, the process, all about it, really, really inspires. So please do share this podcast on your LinkedIn, on your WhatsApp. Please tell friends about it because honestly, your business can learn a lot from Bob. And if you do need more help, please just send them an email. Thank you all for listening today. Until next time, bye. <laughs>